Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Well, you can find yourself a place in the New Testament, somewhere around Romans. Anywhere, we'll be in there all night. So, Just open it up to the New Testament so you have a place to turn to when I tell you to turn to it. Amen? How's that? You can say you opened up your Bible. The title of our message tonight is The Prepared Heart, The Key to Answered Prayer. The Prepared Heart, The Key to Answered Prayer. As I said before, we're going to spend Wednesday nights in the Spirit, if that's all right with you. And we're going to let the Spirit of God just do what He wants to do and minister as He wants to minister. And so, as I was meditating and seeking the Lord... He bore witness with my spirit and said to me, My people are not getting their answers to prayer. They're not receiving answers to prayer. And He wants us to have everything. He wants our prayers to be answered. He wants us to receive the things that He's freely given to us through the blood of Jesus. And you know, the Bible tells us in Romans 8, 32, that if He didn't spare His only Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how then would He not let Him freely give us all things? Everything. And I mean, you, one would read that scripture, and you know, if you just meditated on it for about an hour and a half, you'd just stand there with your mouth hung over and just say, huh, he didn't spare his only son. Now, he delivered up Jesus for us all. Now, how shall he not, with the fact that he did that, freely give us all things? How shall he not? Here's the question Paul asks. In other words, Paul's saying that if the Father God was willing to give up Jesus... Then the Father God is willing to answer every one of your prayers. That's what he was saying in that scripture. And then someone says, well, I just don't seem to be able to get my prayers answered. And someone else says, and I don't, uh, you know, I'm not able to get my prayers answered. Well, that's why the Spirit of God wants us to understand and learn how to have our prayers answered. How to let Him move in our lives at every given moment, every moment of emergency. We could stand there and say, well, praise God, fear not, my Father's right here. And this greater one that's in me, he'll put me over and make me success. And every emergency shall be handled through him. And that's where he wants us to be. But you see, there are some that got to a place of operating in, in, in faith 30-fold. And they got satisfied. See, they got a prayer answer here, and they got a prayer answer there, and they got a prayer answer here. And then he says, well, I've arrived now. You know, so now all this diligence that, that it took to get them to that place, they've set aside. And they just once in a while go over some scriptures, and their hearts become hardened to the same scriptures over and over and over. See, I heard that before. I've talked to many of them. I say, uh, you know, they're having problems. And, and I just say, well, you know, Jesus said, uh, ask anything in my name and I'll do it. I said, oh, I know that scripture. I said, sure, you know that scripture. And I say, well, you know, you know Jesus said uh, in his word, if you ask the Father in my name, He'll give it to you. Yeah, I know that the Bible says that. I say, yeah, I know you do. See? But they don't mean anything to them any longer. They know that the Bible says that. And uh, they read over them scriptures. 
But for some reason or another, they don't know how to put them to use anymore. Why? Why is it? See, they got to a place of 30-fold, and then they got satisfied. Beloved, you can't get satisfied with Jesus. Jesus, Jesus satisfies your heart, but once you get in there, you won't be satisfied because you want more of them. And, and, and if you, you know, if you want more of them, you'll never be satisfied. Because as long as you're in this body, you want more, and you want more, and you want more, and you want more, and you want more. Amen. So if you've got to a place of 30-fold in your prayer life, get ready to get turned loose. Get on your way to 60. Then there are those that got to a place of 60, you know, and said, well, I, you know, this is good. I'm doing good now. Oh, I arrived. You know, I've got there, boy, I've got Man, I pray. Well, you see, you can't get satisfied there either. You've got to get to a place that you want to be like Jesus and, and, and get all your prayers answered, every one. Amen? Well, when you understand what we're going to talk about, you're going to get that to that place and you're going to get all your prayers answered. Amen? Now, don't you want to be successful like that in the Word of God? Well, I do. You see, 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold is the design... Of the Father God in the heart of man to produce the fullness of the life of Jesus. And no one gets there overnight. You don't just start producing a hundredfold overnight. When you come to an understanding that faith is a development of the human spirit, then you'll start to understand that it's going to take you a lifetime. Someone said, Well, how long do I have to say those confessions? I said, All your life. And they said, All my life? I said, Yes. You might as well face it right now. You've got to do it all your life. You're not going to walk the faith walk and walk it in the light of God's Word and just do it every now and then and every other day or something like that. You've got to do it all your life. Well, how long am I like every day? I've never heard anything like it. Well, stick around and listen a little bit longer. You'll hear more about it. Every day of your life. And if you've gotten away from it, beloved, we can't teach one subject all the time in a ministry like this. If you've gotten away from taking the Word of God and confessing the Word of God and putting the Word of God and hiding in your heart and standing fast upon the Word of God, then it's time to get back into it. It's time to get our, you know, ourselves where He wants us to be used of Him to produce much prayer fruit. Because when He gets us to a place that we're producing a hundredfold, you're going to be in a very good place to be able to use, uh, to be used of God to be a vessel that you can get your brother's needs met because you're so on fire with faith and so full of God. I want to walk like a Smith Wigglesworth. I want to walk like a John G. Lake. I want to walk like a Kennedy Hagin. I want to walk like an Oral Roberts. I want to walk like... Well, if you do, beloved, you got to get to a place also. you got to grow into that. They didn't walk like that overnight. I read about John G. Lake and I got so... Oh, glory to God, so, so on fire. But you know what? I sat back and chuckled. I said, for the first nine years, the man wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost. Can you imagine that? Have we got an advantage? I said, glory to God, hallelujah. You know, I, I, I remember here Brother Kennedy Hagin. I remember his testimony. And he says, first 15 years I wondered what I was preaching. I said, glory to God, I've been in for three and I know exactly what I'm preaching. Glory to God. Because I got it from him after he found out. <laughs> glory to God. Amen. I found out what he did. See, he took the 40 years to find out and then he told me in one. <laughs> glory to God. And so I discovered it and just took off from right there. See, some people say, well, I don't believe in none of this stuff that these people are doing. Well, listen, I wanna, if I see somebody that's having good success, I'm going to go find out what he's doing. And if it's in the Word of God, I'm going to grab a hold of it and I'm going to use it. Amen? See, the Word of God's not bound just to one person. The Word of God's for everybody. I want it to be effective in my life. 
Why should I say, I want to get it on? I, I remember when I was at school, I went to, uh, well, I was working on a construction site. There was a fellow there, and he said, um, well, he knew we were in Bible school, but he says, I don't need to go to any Bible school. I said, why not? He says, didn't you ever read the Bible where it said that the, the anointing inside that teaches you all things? I said, well, sure, I've read that. I know that. That's true. He says, so I need no man to teach me. Nobody. I get it all by myself. I said, well, you, yeah. I says, you, you mean you believe that? And he said, yeah. I said, you're going to get it all by yourself. I said, yeah. I said, well, I, I feel bad for you. Because when it took some men to get 40 and 50 and 60 years to get to, I could take their knowledge and receive it right now into my spirit and start acting on it right now, and I'll be further ahead. Yeah. See, they didn't want anybody else what they had, what they'd learned. But they didn't realize it was the Holy Ghost that taught them, and the Holy Ghost taught them, and they taught me, the Holy Ghost still taught me. And it's still the Holy Ghost that's got to quicken inside your heart. Just because you go and hear somebody preach faith, you think you're going to walk out in it? It doesn't work that way. You have got to have that developed in your own heart and in your own life. So, the purpose of our being in Romans, the 12th chapter, verses 1 and 2, we're told that we are to uh, present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our spiritual service or reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, there's a transformation that's going to take place. That you may prove what it proved. That you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Well, some got caught up in the good. See, that's 30-fold. Then they got to the acceptable. That's 60-fold. I want to get to the perfect will of God and produce a hundredfold, don't you? See, but there's a transformation. You've got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Change from glory to glory by the Spirit of, our, of the Lord. But it's a change. And the only way you're going to change is by staying in it. And I really, I'm grieved in my spirit when I see people that will grab a hold of, of faith and grab a hold of the walk of faith and the Word of God. And then they'll be wishy-washy in it. They don't know that it's every day. The Word of God tells us to meditate in the Word of God day and night. And don't let it depart out of your mouth. Isn't that right? Talk about it when you get up in the morning. Talk about it when you go to bed at night. When you walk by the way. When you sit down. When you talk with your kids. Anything you do, talk about the Word. Talk about the Word. Every day. You know why I get upset about that? And it grieves me in my spirit about that? Because that person will never develop or grow. They may be sincere in the Lord. They may love Him with all their heart. And calamity is going to come. Calamity comes everybody's way. It's what you have in here that's going to determine whether or not you have the victory over it. We never said it wouldn't come, but when it comes, you've got something to do about it. And then are you ready for this one? I believe you can grow to a place that no evil will befall you. And no plague can now you grow. <clears throat> but you see, our understanding is this. While we're growing in it, that little tree that's, that's about this high, you know, sometimes you've got to put a little uh, stick or a steel pole there to hold it up, to be a support, so that the winds and the storms that come will not destroy it. But when that thing grows up to a tall oak tree, beloved, same wind, same storm. Forget it. Forget it. It's not going anywhere. See? And that's how we are as Christians. But you've got to keep the tree in the ground. You've got to keep it rooted and grounded in love. Stay in there. Don't, don't, you know, back off of that. Diligently press on. Every day. Forget about your feelings. Just keep on going every day. Take the Word of God. Eat the Word of God. Act upon the Word of God. Speak your faith. And you will grow. You won't see it from the outside. It's on the inside that you're growing. It'll begin to appear on the outside. See? Let's keep, keep it right on growing. Keep right on going. And then you get to a place that you begin to 
bring forth a hundredfold. Well, I want to be able to produce fruit in my prayer life, and I believe everybody should want to produce fruit in their prayer life. There's no sense in praying to somebody that doesn't hear. I mean, let's, let's face it. Let's get right down to it. We have got those that oppose faith, and we've got those that are for faith. Those that oppose it just say, you prayed and God didn't want to do it for you, so forget it. Well, what's the use of praying then? If he doesn't want to do anything that I pray for, I mean, there are people that really have a bad prayer life. They get no answers to prayer. Well, what in the world do you use to pray if he's not going to answer you? There's no sense in praying. What, made, what do you think made Israel turn from God? They didn't learn how to walk by faith. Not being, that gospel being preached to them, not being mixed with faith. See? There was no faith involved. If they were to use their faith, God's program, beloved, is us walking by faith. The righteous or the just shall live by faith. He's not always going to zap everything down every time you need it upon your head. You are going to have to get in there by your faith and press into the kingdom of God and you pull them out of heaven and bring them into this realm. And you're going to have to walk strong like that. I mean, you know, I believe the uncompromising righteous and those that are forceful are going to take the kingdom of God by force and bring it into their own life. I've never got any, I'll be honest with you, as I look back in my own life, the last five years, I've never got anything outside of by faith. Well, sometimes I walk around and just, just wish it, you know, so, like some people do. Boy, I just, you know, you have a need, you know, you know you need $100 or you need $200, and you just walk around just waiting for something to just drop out of the sky. You know, boom, there it is. Then I have to use my faith this time. Hallelujah. See, God did it for you just like that. But that didn't mean it's not happening. It's not happening. And I get back into my prayer calls and say, well, now, dear Lord, you know, some people just have a prayer or faith accident and boom, things happen for them or something like that. And, and you're wondering why you always got to use your faith. And he said to me that I want you to use your faith and I want you to get everything you get by faith because the more you get by faith, the less I have to come in this natural realm to manifest myself. He says, the further off you'll be. But the more we've got to see things with our natural eyes in this, in this realm, then the worse off you're going to be. That's how Thomas was. Then he had to see it before he believed. You'll be able to stand stronger, beloved, when you use your faith. Because you'll get so developed in faith that when you get to a place of calamity... Surround you all around about. You'll be just like David said. No fear. Fear no evil. You're with me. You're all exactly comfort me. Total protection. Supernatural intervention of angels. I'm just walking through this place. Right in the valley of the shadow of death. But blessed be God. The word is in me. And the spirit of God is, is here manifesting itself through me. And I have the victory right in the middle of the circumstance. And then you'll say with Paul. I have learned in any circumstance of life. Therewith to be content or in this independent of those circumstances. Walking in the Spirit totally. Now that is the ultimate goal of our faith. Is walking close to the Master. So close as Jesus walked. That He just looked up to heaven and says, Father, I thank Thee that Thou hast heard me. I knew that Thou hearest me always. Praise God. Just like that. See, that's what we want to get to. Now, the prepared heart, or the established heart, a heart that is prepared is going to be the heart that will produce fruit. I've never taught from this aspect of faith. I don't believe I have. I may have touched some of these areas, but I don't believe I've ever gone into this area of prayer. The preparation of the heart. I don't think I've really heard many get into this area. The preparation of the heart before prayer. The preparation 
of your heart. Go to Proverbs, the 15th chapter. I took you out of the New Testament. Did you catch all those scriptures? Proverbs, the 15th chapter. Now, in prayer, the reason why people don't come through their circumstances in victory and getting their answers to prayer is because their heart is not prepared before they pray. You have the ability of God within you to produce any kind of fruit you need. You have the resources of heaven at your disposal. The believer has everything he needs in the spirit realm to make him a success in this life. Everything is yours. It's already there. All you've got to do is bring it forth. Now, it takes the preparation of the heart of man to produce that realm into this realm. Most people just get off into praying because the first time they prayed and got an answer to prayer, it was like that. You know, I prayed, well, the first time I ever prayed for healing, I got healed just like that. I hear many, many people say that. I prayed the first time, I got it just like that. Second or third time, it was a little bit harder. I had, I had to stand fast on my faith a little bit longer. And then, then it seemed like I never get him at all anymore. Why? What's wrong? Is there something wrong? Not with God. He hasn't changed, did he? No. No, to whom much is given, much is required. You were required after you got that first healing, healing to study all you could find in that Bible about healing. That's right. I found that out in a quick hurry. You weren't just going to walk in and get them like, you know, the first one that I got was just real quick. I said, praise God. After that, it was by your faith. You know, and I said, oh, praise the Lord. Thank you, Father God. You know what that, that's making you do? Keep your heart in a place of continual fellowship with the Father God. Because that's the only way you're going to get it like that. It's when your heart is so ready before the Lord and so prepared before the Lord that when any emergency comes... You don't have to go back and fast for a week. Amen. Someone says, well, uh, you know, you faith preachers don't preach too much about fasting. Well, if you need a fasted life and a holy life before the Lord and a life of continued communion with the Lord, you'd be ready when, prayer, when it was time for prayer. See, we shouldn't have to go and make ourselves get ready for prayer all the time. We should be ready to pray at all times. Amen. You keep your walk like that with the Lord and you'll get great victory. Now. In Proverbs, the 15th chapter, we're going to look at the scripture here in a minute. But I want to go over some, some uh, scriptures with you. You can write them down. You don't have to look them up. In the New Testament, in, in Mark, well, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, John, some of, the, some of the chapters, some of the gospels there, about what Jesus said about prayer. Now, over there in Matthew, the 7th chapter, uh, he said uh, in the 6th chapter... Let's look at six chapter first. You can look at it when you go home. I'll just quote it to you. <laughs> Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be what? Well, he was talking about the things you need in this earth, right? That's Matthew six thirty three. And in Matthew 7, he said, Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. To him that asketh, receiveth. To him that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened unto him. For what man is there among you? If his child should ask bread, would he give him a stone? Or a serpent, would he give him... Or a fish, rather, would he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, can give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give good gifts or good things to them that ask Him? Isn't that what he said? Someone says, you faith preachers, you've got a habit of just picking out a few scriptures out of context. Well, you explain that to me another way. 
And when you try to do that and explain that, he said, ask and you shall receive. Did he say that? What did he mean by that? Explain that to me. Was that a misinterpretation of Scripture? Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. How about over there in Matthew 21, 21? And all things whatsoever you ask in prayer and believing, you shall receive. Interpret that for me. Or misinterpret that for me. Most misinterpret that for you. Oh, but Jesus didn't mean all things. Well, then why did he say all things? You saw it over there in Matthew 21, 21. All things whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. Was that in there just for a sidekick? Just to tickle, you know, you on the inside and just get you just all fired up and then get out there and just pray and then flop. I guess Jesus didn't mean it. And that's how, that's how the church has gone to a place like that. Now, no sense in my prayer. I never get my prayers answered. Well, can you see how this would uh, be destructive in the life of a Christian? If you had to depend on me. Can you imagine him having to depend on me for this, to get his prayers answered? If somebody has to get his prayers answered. I don't want to depend on anybody but the Lord to get my prayers answered. How about you? Amen. That's how it should be. And then over there in, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with Matthew 18, 18 through 20. When Jesus said, uh, you know, whatsoever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. And if two of you shall agree on anything, touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done of my Father, which is in heaven. Requirements is you've got to be on earth. You've got to be born again. Amen. Are you on earth? Are you born again? Can two of you agree on anything that you ask? Well, it shall be done, I said. Why? For two or three are gathered together in my name. There am I in the midst of them. And Jesus is the answer to all your prayers. Right? Okay. Now, did he mean that? Or was he just fooling us? He meant that. Didn't he mean that? And then you go over to Luke. The 12th chapter, verse 32. And he said, Fear not, little flock, it's your Father's good pleasure to give unto you the kingdom. Okay? That's what he said. He meant that. And then we look over there in John. And one could hardly even stand to read the scriptures when Jesus said there in John's gospel. 14th chapter, verse 12. Very, very, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than he shall do, because I'm going to my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Ask anything in my name, and I will do it. And then, in the next breath, you hear whispered in your ear, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. John 15, 7. And Jesus said it. Jesus said it. Jesus doesn't lie. Someone said, You misinterpreted that. Okay, I'll reinterpret it for you. If you abide in me, my words abide in you, you ask what you will, it shall be done unto you. Now, how did I misinterpret that? How can you misinterpret that? I don't know if we have any sense sometimes when people talk like that. What's to misinterpret? Yeah, but you've got to have balance. Yeah, he gave you the balance. You abide in me. My word's abide in you. That's balance. Ask what you will. It shall be done unto you. That's what he said. Isn't that right? So you see, beloved, uh, I mean, if, if one does not have a prayer life that's getting their prayers answered, what's the use of praying? What's the use of asking? Amen? But you see, he wants us to have our prayers answered. And then over there in the 16th chapter, verse 23 and 24, And that day you shall ask me nothing. Whatsoever you shall ask to follow my name, he'll give it to you. Hitherto, up to now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive, that your joy may be made full. Now Jesus actually said that. Ask and you shall receive, that your joy may be full. That your joy may be full. And he wants our joy to be full. Now those are prayer scriptures. I can give you many, many more. I gave you earlier, Romans 8, 32. 
He that spared not his only son, but delivered him for us all. How shall he not with him freely give us all things? And did we dare skip Mark 11, 23 and 24? Shame on us. I mean, dear. <laughs> it's, it's in there. Isn't, isn't it in there? What did Jesus say? Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and just don't die in your heart, but believe that what you're saying will come to pass. You'll have what you're saying. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever you desire, when you pray, just believe you receive, and you shall have. But when you pray, forgive. When you stand praying, forgive, because if you have all in your heart against any, your Father in heaven will not forgive you. If you don't forgive men, they're trespassing. Your prayer won't work that way. But these are prayer scriptures. I'm not going to go to scriptures... I talk about the feast days when I want to get a prayer answered. I'm not going to go to find a scripture that talks about being born again when I want to get a prayer answered. I'm not going to find a scripture, you know, talks about what's going to happen in the book of Revelation when I want to get a prayer answered. I'm going to go to prayer scriptures. How many scriptures did I just quote you or just give you? A few. At least a few. How many did you find in the Bible that says you've got to be born again? Huh? How many? How many will you find in the Bible that says you've got to be born again? John's Gospel, the third chapter, is the only place you're going to find it, and, and ex except for where Peter said it, being born again, not a cup of the sea, but a good cup of the body. The Word of God was living about it forever. That's it. But yet they can quote one scripture over there in John 3, 3 through 5, the two times Jesus said it, but it's in essence in one place, that you must be born again and make a doctrine. A whole new birth experience. Evolves around what Jesus said right there. Ye must be born again. Right? But we can quote you 15 prayer scriptures and they say you took them all out of context. And they didn't mean what they said. Of course Jesus couldn't mean, you know, meant what he said. Well, he meant what he said in John 3, 3. Why didn't he mean what he said in John 14, 13 and 14? That's why we call ourselves the full gospel people, isn't it? Because we believe the full gospel we believe that John 14, 14 is true. Ask anything in my name and I will do it. Amen? Now let's go back to Proverbs. Did you get there yet? 15th chapter. Now he said something over here I want you to grab a hold of. The preparation of your heart is what's necessary to get your prayers answered. Especially when you get older in the Lord. Especially when you've been in the faith walk and heard the Word of God. Especially if you've tra traveled around and heard a lot of the faith preachers preaching and teaching. Then you are required and accountable to prepare your heart and to grow in spiritual things and to grow in faith and grow in love. So you can get, can get your prayers answered. I say to you like this. If I wasn't getting my prayers answered, that would be a sign to me. If I wasn't getting my healing, that would be a sign to me. And I'm not ashamed to say this. That would say to me, be alert. There's something wrong in your spirit. That's wrong. When something's wrong on the outside, beloved, you best believe there's something wrong on the inside. That's right. Because the Bible says the spirit of man will sustain it for me. The Bible tells us a lot of things about the spirit of man. Our spirit should be cleansed from all filthiness of our, you know, all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. And if there's something that's on the outside, you best believe there's something that's happening on the inside. These things just don't happen, you know. Especially when you have the life and the nature of God in you. Okay. It doesn't have to necessarily always be sin. There are diseases of the Spirit that I want to get into and share with you. But in the 15th chapter, we'll get there. Verse 28. The heart of the righteous studieth 
to answer, but the mouth of the wicked poureth out evils. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. You underline as I go along. Underline the heart of the righteous study to answer. Okay? But he heareth the prayer of the righteous. Underline that. The light of the eyes rejoiceth the heart, and a good report maketh the bones fat. The ear that heareth the reproof of life abideth among the wise. He that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul. But he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. Here's a scripture we didn't go over in the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. And to give you that definition again, he that keeps his tongue from evil and lips from speaking gal is the instruction of wisdom. And before honor is humility. Now don't stop there because I, I don't want you to think that's another chapter. Just keep right on going. The preparations of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Now, the, prepar the word preparation means an arrangement or a mental disposition. The arrangement. And I began to look over that and see what he was trying to get at. The arrangement of the heart. The preparation of the heart. And the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. And we'll show you how to prepare your heart. We'll show you the Lord's order in the preparation of the heart. Because the preparation of the heart is vital to, to produce a, a productive prayer life. The arrangement of the heart. The way the heart, the soul, the tongue, and the body are arranged will determine whether or not you're going to produce and bring forth fruit of righteousness or of evil. Remember what Jesus said. The good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good, and the evil man out of the evil treasure of the heart bringeth forth evil. But, beloved brethren, these things not all, not all to be. They should not be that you being good are bringing forth evil, strife, envy, division among you. Wherefore cometh these things? A good tree does not bring forth evil fruit. But yet James said you are doing it. Why? The arrangement of the heart was all messed up. The preparation of, the, of their hearts was wrong. It was wrong. Next verse. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes. But the Lord weigheth the spirits. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and your thoughts, listen, and your thoughts shall be established. Now, Jesus, his heart was totally prepared and established. Jesus was so in tune with the Father God. His spirit was so in tune. His makeup, spirit, soul, and body, and tongue was in, in proper order at all times to the degree. Here's the declaration that he made. 11th chapter of John's Gospel, verse 41 and 42. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. Past tense. Now notice the next part. And I knew. Past tense. And I knew that thou hearest me always. Present tense. In other words, I knew when I prayed that you always hear me. I knew that. But because of the people would stand by, I said it that they may believe that thou hast sent me. Now, Jesus was totally, his heart was totally prepared at all times. 
And he knew that when he prayed, the Father heard him. That was a key to the life, to the prayer life of Jesus. As a matter of fact, you'll see it in 1 John. That is a key. 1 John, the 5th chapter, verse 14. Jesus, or the, John said, This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he heareth us, Jesus said, I knew that thou hearest me always. You see the connection? I knew that you hear me always. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we desire of him. That is a productive prayer life. We can get to that place that we can say with Jesus, Father, I want a healing in my body. I thank you that you heard me. I know that you heard me because you hear me always. Because I do always those things that are pleasing in your sight. You say, well, that's some pretty bold talk. Well, do it. He told you to do it. He told you to walk as Jesus walked. Someone says, you know, you make that, you put your goals up. You preach that gospel too high. You put goals up there. I didn't write it. I didn't write it. Jesus set those goals that high. He wrote it. The Holy Spirit set those goals that high. He wrote it. Isn't that right? I didn't say, walk as he walked. He said, walk as I walk. Isn't that right? Well, if he said to do it, then he wants us to do it. If I don't preach that you can do it, you never get there. Right? We try to stretch enough out of you, boy, to make you grow every service. Mm, just pull out that spirit man and get it bigger every time. Set those goals higher and you'll be getting higher, bigger and bigger, stronger. I mean to tell you, that's the only way to do it. I look at some of my tapes, I go, oh, did I preach that? Did I say that? That's some pretty bold talk there. Praise God, I can do what God said I can do. Amen. See, I'm not going to stop you from getting there. Well, no matter where I'm at, I'm moving right along with you. But I'm all going to, I have to grow with you. Right? But those goals are high for me too. Amen? Glory to God. Amen. That's why we can preach it this way. Because those are my goals and they should be your goals. Amen? So praise God. We want to walk in the fullness of it. Now, that's another marvelous scripture there for prayer. But uh, we want to get to the preparation of your heart. Now, you keep that in mind, what we said there. You keep in mind that Proverbs, the 16th chapter, where it talks about the preparation of the heart. We talk about faith. We talk about your word. We talk about, you know, quoting the scripture, speaking the word. But we want to talk about the preparation of your heart before you pray. Now, Jesus, we said, was perfectly arranged in spirit. Now, listen to how he was. Spirit was in tune with the Father, which controlled his soul. His mind. Which in turn, the soul, the spirit and the soul, which was controlled by the Father or receiving from the Father through the Holy Spirit, controlled the tongue. Now you need to write this down if you don't know it. The spirit got his information from the Father. The spirit controlled the soul, his mind, his sensibility, reasoning factors. The spirit and soul controlled his tongue. The two together controlled the tongue, which in turn the spirit and the soul controlling the tongue controlled the body. See? And the body 
did what the Spirit dictated it to it to do. But we got many whose heads, you see their, their soul, they have the word up here, and their soul is being controlled by their reasoning faculties, by the flesh, by the outward man, and their tongue also, and they're trying to produce faith. Let me say something to you. You're going to be in a very, very awful situation if you don't get your heart filled with the Word of God. See, you'll be in danger. You'll be in trouble. Many, many, many have fallen by the wayside. Let me say it like this. There are those that have not received the Word for being born again, but I don't stop preaching being born again because somebody died and went to hell. Do you? I mean, there's many that have since the days of, of Pentecost. Isn't that right? But I don't stop preaching. You must be born again. There are many that refuse to receive the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues since that day. But I don't stop preaching it because there will be many that will grab a hold of it. Amen? I'm not going to stop preaching faith and healing to the fullness because even though there are many that won't get it, there are those that will get it. And praise God, it's for all those that want it. And they're going to get it. And if you want to back off, go ahead. I'm not backing off. I like it. Glory to God. I'm getting stronger in on it. How about you? I'm not going to stop. I'm going on even stronger, headstrong. I'm getting more fanatical than I was before, if you can imagine that. But I'm going to do it. You watch and see. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go all the way with God. Don't you? You've got to have a vision because you've got to see yourself in its ultimate end. Jesus walking on the earth through you. Hallelujah. You keep looking at your faults and failures and you get into condemnation and, and diseases of the Spirit, then you never amount to anything. But if you have enough vision, you see, spiritual vision to see yourself completing Him, and you keep pressing on towards that mark, boy, glory to God, you'll be walking in it someday. And that day, look out. You'll be like Elisha. No, you'll be better than Elisha. You see, he followed him all the way to the end. He followed Elijah right on through to the end. Right across Jordan, picked up the mantle, came back with a double anointing. But blessed be God, we got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. We got all three. Triple anointing. Amen? And that's where we're headed. Now, the spirit man, we said, should control the, the mind or the sensibility or the, the will, the emotions, the reasoning faculties. Together, the spirit and soul control the tongue and the body then, by the tongue, which is controlled by the soul, which is controlled by the spirit, which is being dictated to by the Father through the Word. You got all that? You see? We'll produce fruit. Now, the forces that surround us, the outside forces, work just in the opposite effect. You are surrounded by spiritual forces of darkness, diseases that would uh, uh, try to fill the, uh, your spirit, get into your spirit, Destroy your spirit to stop the spirit man from producing that life into the outward man. Now that's what we're confronted with every day. That's why the spirit wars against the flesh and the flesh wars against the spirit. Now, the outward man, the physical man, the, this outward being, tries to control the mind, okay, through the senses, through thoughts, imaginations that come from around us, through that all the wickedness that we have in high places and all the things we learn through this, not just being a natural being, the surroundings, the world, the devil, the, the flesh, all that, all these things, by those things, tries to, the body tries to con 
control the mind and will control the mind if you let it. Okay? To control the tongue which will put our spirits in prison. And you don't have any choice in the matter. You will be either one, one or the other. You'll be one that's controlled by the senses through the mind with the tongue to the spirit or you'll be one that's controlled by the spirit to the soul to the tongue to the body. Now you can take your pick and you can make your choice. I choose to be controlled by the Spirit of God. How about you? Amen. Now, the correct, we said over there, preparation of the heart, the correct order of man's makeup is found in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. You don't have to turn there. The very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless. Now, if you want to write it down, write it down. I looked up the word. I was led to look up the word preserved. Preserved means to guard from loss or injury by keeping your eye on. To guard from loss or injury by keeping your eye on. And he said, the very God of peace sanctify you holy. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be guarded from injury or harm by keeping your eye on it. Let God keep His eye on it through His Word. So the spirit man has got to be protected. The soul's got to be protected. The body has to be protected. The man's total makeup has got to be in total order, in correct order, if we are going to produce and bear fruit. And that's how prayer works. That's exactly how prayer works. Some of you say, why are you trying to make it so difficult? I didn't do that the first time. Let me say something to you. Yes, you did the first time. All the knowledge that you had, which was this much, when you got that first prayer answered, you acted on it. You read one scripture in the Bible. I mean, I go back and look at my own, myself, my own life. And I go, all I did was read one scripture, 128 Psalm, that said, my wife should have children. I ran home as fast as I could. I ran upstairs. She was sleeping. You know, it was, it was 7 o'clock in the morning. I was coming home from work. And I ran up over there and I said, Jesus said, the Word said that we can have kids. Do you believe it? She ran over. I believe it. said, glory to God. I lay my hands on you in Jesus' name and you're healed. That's all the knowledge I had. That's all I was required to act upon. And then, boom. Instantly. See? But as you get older in the Lord, there's, you see, we, we can uh, get ourselves so entangled in all this garbage that we hear. This one didn't get there for healing. This one didn't get there. Why? Then you lay hands on about ten people and none of them get healed and you go, huh. And it affects your heart. Your heart's not protected or guarded. And you wonder why it doesn't work. And someone come along and told you, listen, friend, their faith had something to do with it also. It wasn't just your faith. You go, I'm a flat failure, you know. I mean, I laid hands on seven people and six of them died, you know. And you walk, I'll never lay hands on anybody again. Well, then you start to think, you go, oh, well, when you were a child, you spanked as a child. And you did childish things. And I found out that it didn't matter whether or not somebody else got healed. I could still get mine all the time. See, and I started to learn that and realize that it was true. But your spirit, man, because we're so walking by the senses and living in the senses, it got contaminated with filth and diseases that surround us. You say, what are those that filth and diseases? Well, what was he telling us to cleanse ourselves from? All filthiness of the flesh and of the what? Well, what, what are these things that cause filthiness to come in our, in our spirit? Well, you should know this. If not, write it down. Sin consciousness. 
fear, inferiority, condemnation, guilt. You ever talk to people say, well, I go to Brother So-and-so and they'll pray for me, but you know I me, mean? I just don't get my first answer. Why? Unworthiness. Well, I, I wanted to pray for my daughter, but you know, I just sat back and the first thing I thought was how terrible I was yesterday. Condemnation. Fear. All these things. They enter into the heart of man. And when they do, they become filthiness in our spirits. Not so much as seen in the sense, you went out and did something wrong. You committed murder. Not in that sense, beloved. And here's where people get offended. When you say there's something wrong in their spirit, they think, you calling me a sinner? That's what they say. I've had people just wait for me to say that they was a sinner. Are you saying that Brother So-and-So didn't get healed because he's a sinner? I said, I love Brother So-and-So. I want to see Brother So-and-So get healed. I want to see him get healed probably more than you want to see him get healed because I know healing's for Brother So-and-So. Why won't you let me give him the word? You think he's a sinner, don't you? I had him tell me that to my face. I said, look, I want to help him get healed. He prays more than anybody I know. He reads the Bible and studies more than anybody I know. He's very faithful. And people get healed under, under his ministry. I said, that's all right. He can still be healed. No, if there was something wrong, it can't be wrong with him. Well, you better watch how we're talking now because now we're talking about pride, spiritual pride, raising up a man above God. No. I said everybody has got to be alerted to the fact that we all can have these things creep up on us and get into our spirits where we are fearful to speak faith, to speak the word of God. We are diseased by condemnation. There are many right now that are so diseased in their spirits by condemnation. They are so under the guilt of sin that they won't use their faith. Well, if I could just get righteous, I'd, I'd use my faith. But see, they can't get there. Why? Because the devil put that hand of condemnation, that disease on their spirit. And they go to pray and see it didn't work. Brothers and sisters, we've got to be delivered from that sort of thing. Our hearts got to be prepared before God so you can know in full assurance that He's heard your prayer and you have the answer or the petition you desire of Him. Now, let's go to the very worst Philippians 4, 6, the very worst, one of the worst disease of the human spirit. It is the cause of all unanswered prayer, if you ask me. Or one of the causes, if not the main cause. It's called the disease of worry. Anxiety. Fret, care, anxiety, fretting, caring, worrying. Philippians, the fourth chapter and verse 6. And as we go through this, we're going to show you how to prepare your heart. Now he said, be careful for nothing. Underline that if you have not already done it. Do not fret or be anxious about what? About what? 
Okay? Be careful, the King James says, for what? Take care, worry, fret, anxiety, for what? For what? That is the very first step in answered prayer, and most Christians do not get by it. Did you know that? Their hearts, their spirits are so developed in worry, they're so diseased. That's what he meant over there in that 7th chapter, verse 1. Cleanse yourselves from that filthiness of worry that's in your spirit. Get it out. That anxiety, that worry, that is a heart, that is a spirit of man that will not produce prayer fruit. Boy, when I saw this so clearly, beloved, I guarantee you. I used to read it when I was younger in the Lord. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer. Just like you used to. Be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let's request the Lord of God. See, we got right to the prayer, right off the bat. Just pray. Come on, let's pray. Glory to God, that's how you were. Let me pray for you. Well, how about the be careful for nothing? Do you know how many times Jesus said in Matthew 6, the 6th chapter of Matthew, verses 25 to 34, he said, do not fret or have anxiety or take the thought, take no thought. Do you know how many times he said that? Five or six or seven times, somewhere around there. Don't take any thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink. Why take ye thought for raiment? Why are you worrying about it? Why are you seeking? Why, why are you taking thought? Take no thought, saying, what shall we do this? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto a statue? The worry. See, the worry. The thought. Why are you taking the thought? Why are you taking the care? That's what he's saying here. That's the first thing that Paul said in answer to prayer. Philippians 4, 6 is a prayer scripture. Let's read it again. Be careful for nothing. I'm going to give you something that you can chew on for a while. When you do, I believe it will affect your spirit in such a way that it will cause you to wake up unto righteousness. The person that takes, and this I know come up out of my spirit, the person that worries and he's anxious and he's fretful and he has, he has anxiety and care, he cares that he, he carries it around with him, that person is acting in pride, number one, and in idolatry, number two. Let me show you that. First Peter, fifth chapter. I'll show that to you. If you knew what it meant to take the care, then you'd understand this. First Peter, fifth chapter. Worrying about your problem will not solve your problem. Didn't you know that? Did you hear what I said? Being careful and worrying about your problem will not solve your problem. That's understood fact. If anything, it'll give you ulcers. Someone wants to get prayed for their ulcers. You know what I say? Get rid of your worry. I've said that to some people. You want to get your ulcers healed? Get rid of your worry. Get rid of the source of your of them, as and your ulcers will go with them. That's right. We want an instant thing like that all the time when, when the Spirit of God speaks to us and say, you know, stop worrying, be careful for nothing. It produces peace. Peace then produces healing. Can you see that? It's all coming up out of the Spirit. Be careful for nothing. Now look what he said here about isn't pride the opposite of humility? Isn't it? 
Let's look at this, verse 5. Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. You of all, you, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the, almighty, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. How do I humble myself under the mighty hand of God? By casting all your care upon Him. If casting my care upon Him is humility, then keeping my care upon me is pride. In other words, I think I can do it. You've worried yourself to a, to a place... You think you are the one that's actually answering the prayer. You think you're doing it. If you don't cast the care on the Lord and give the problem to Him, then you are keeping the problem thinking that you are sufficient in yourself to answer that prayer. That's right. You kind of push it over to the side. Lord, help me. Don't you know i got this problem? And you're trying to communicate with the Lord. You're trying to give Him that, that problem and, and, and put it in his hand. But every time you wake up in the morning, oh, what am I going to do now? And the devil starts to think, you know, you, you get thoughts in your mind and ma thoughts and imaginations rise up against you. And you're thinking about these things and before you know it, you're worrying about it again. Your spirit man becomes affected. Filthiness of the spirit gets in there. You're worried. You're fretful. You're anxious. If you are, beloved, then you are having the problem. You are. See? I know. I've been there. I'm sure you have also. The greatest step in the act of faith is casting your care on Him. The problem may still be there, beloved, but the care is no longer yours. That's your first step. And you're only going to get that through meditation of God's Word. But listen to me. You must prepare your heart before you ever pray and ask Him. Let's say pray the prayer of faith and ask Him to do whatever you want done. If your heart has not been prepared before you release your prayer through your lips, then your prayer never has a chance to be answered. Because that worry will choke out that seed quicker than you can shake a stick. That anxiety, that fretting will destroy that seed of faith before you know it. You can cast the care upon Him without, you see, even seeing the results right there. That's an act of faith, and it's very simple to do. Very easy to do. If you'll follow the steps, it's very simple and very easy to do. You are actually saying, Father, I don't have the ability within myself to do this. I can't do it by myself. You're, you're humbling yourself before God. I can't do this, Father. I, I, I'm not able to do it. But blessed be God, you told me in your word that through him I can do all things. So now I cast the whole of this care upon you and I leave it in your hands. It's yours. I refuse to take another thought. I refuse to miss one wink of sleep. I refuse in Jesus' name to miss one meal over the matter. I refuse to worry about it. Now you say, what did that do to the problem? As of yet, nothing. But what it did was it turned the problem over to the Lord and humbled you, yourself, and God's about to exalt you. See, if you'll let Him. But some just can't cast the care on Him because they keep taking it back every five minutes. First thought that comes, they just brought it right back in. See, they're highly developed in their fear or worry about the problem or the situation. So that's what they did. 
Instead of leaving it there in his hands, they brought it back. So the preparation of the heart is important right now to be able to cast that care. I don't believe I can get past this, actually. Because this is where the Spirit of God has shown me that most prayers are failing right here. Casting your care. The worry. The anxiety. The fretting about it. And the only way you're going to get rid of that is by cleansing your spirit man from the filthiness of worry. How do I do that? Well, you've got to get back into the Word and do that. And you've got to do it every day for the rest of your life. Are you ready to do that? Every day for the rest... You said you thought this was an easy walk. No. No, this is not the easiest walk there is. It's the most difficult walk there is when you first get into it. Believe me. That's why Jesus said, you've got to believe it before you see it. Because, friend, if you don't believe in faith, you'll never see it. If you don't believe in walking by faith, you'll never walk like Jesus walked. If you don't, if you don't believe in it now. So you've got to believe in it if you're going to get there and attain to it. Now, he said... That the first, well, I, I didn't have, let me finish that there. Idolatry. Go back to Philippians, the fourth chapter. Glory to God, hallelujah. I said it was a, an act of pride and it was a, an act of idolatry. Idolatry, in a sense, you are worshiping yourself above God. Now, you take a hold of that, what I just said. What do you think pride is? The big I. I can do it. I can do it. See, I. Sufficient in yourself. You're putting yourself above God. You're thinking you can have it. People think that it's an act of humility not to give it to the Lord. That's not true. It's an act of humility to give your problem to the Lord and saying that I just can't. Especially, listen to me, when it's your child. You think you got the ability to raise your child in this day and age? Do you think you can make that child a decent child? Do you think you have the ability in yourself to make that child for the rest of his life do the things you say? Well, if you do, I praise God. With the devil out there and with the world out there, with the flesh that child's living in. Beloved, if it wasn't for God working on your behalf, if it wasn't for the Father... You know, that's why most people don't see their kids walking like they're supposed to walk. Listen to me. Because they never let them go. They never turn them over to the master. They never do it. They never cast the care of their child once they get to a certain age. When you've done your part in training up that child in the way he should go, and when he gets old and wants to make some wrong steps, who are you going to trust in then? Yourself? If you worry about it, you are. If you're careful about it, you are. If you have anxiety about it, you are. No, if you'll turn that person over to the Lord fully, completely, totally, you're saying, I'm not going to do anything about it. I did my part now. Father God, you've got to do your part. And I'm just going to be just smart enough to know that you said that you'd do it. So I just believe that that child is in your hands and in your care. Now listen to this. Cast your care upon him because he careth for you. If I want anybody caring for me, I want it to be him. He takes the care for you, but God doesn't care or worry, does he? He just takes yours off of you. So see, the worrying's gone. You ready for this? You thought that thing in your body was cancer. You thought that little mole was cancerous. And you began to be careful and worry and get upset about it. Then one day, you found the Word of God. Just like a, uh, someone who was in the gold rush found a little nugget of gold. And you began to shout and rejoice and say, Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus took my sickness for me. 
blessing me, God. I don't have to have sickness or disease in my body. Hallelujah. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. I'm not going to be concerned or worry or fret about it any longer because if he said I'm healed, I'm healed. And if he can't do it, nobody can. So glory to God, I am. Blessed be God, I am. And Father, you can be worried about it. I'm not going to worry about it any longer. I just receive it now in Jesus' mighty name. No, nothing happened. See? But praise God, as you did that, you got in perfect peace. As you got in perfect peace, healing power started to flow out of your spirit. It worked its way into your mind. It got into your mind and grabbed a hold of your tongue. And a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. The tongue of the wise is health. And it started to produce health in your body. And you kept saying, glory to God. I thank you, Father God, that I'm healed. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, for all my sickness and diseases. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And before you know it, you woke up one day and there was nothing there. What happened? It came up out of your spirit to the peace of God. Couldn't have been an hour already. It's impossible. It's imp- Can't be so. Glory to God. We want to get through this. Now, well, that's just the start of it. He said to cast the whole of that care upon him. You have not relinquished your problem. You haven't begun to get your prayer answered if you've not cast the care upon him. You've not done it yet. Now you're in presumption. You thought you prayed. You thought you released faith. And you're sitting back. Why isn't it working? Why isn't it? What's, what's going on? And you see, your heart was not prepared. If you have one question after you pray the prayer of faith, you have not got yourself into faith yet. Because you're still concerned about it. You still have a worry. If one thought the devil can give you, contrary to what you prayed about, if one thought could get in, and you're unaware, of that, uh, uh, not sure of that answer, then right at that point, beloved, you know that you have not released your faith. Now you're spirit man has the ability within it to draw from the things of God and pull those things up from the Holy Spirit who's right in there and produce healing, finances, no matter what you need, up out see, from the Spirit into this realm. Now, that's a faith act, and it works by faith. It works by the process of sowing and reaping. But the spirit that will produce that kind of fruit is a spirit that is, let's, Mark 4 said what? Understands the word, receives the word, keeps the word in its heart. A spirit that's full of love, rooted and grounded in love. A spirit that's fully developed, developed in whatever you're praying about. You could clean out your spirit. Let's say next week you needed a prayer answer. You could clean out your spirit before you pray. Did you know that? And I suggest this, before you pray, clean out your spirit. Some people don't know how to clean out their spirit before they pray, so they just pray without cleaning out their spirit. They plant the seed of faith inside their heart, along with all the thorns and the thistles and all the, the, un, the filthiness, the uncleanness, the, the doubts and the fears and the worries and the anxieties, all these things before they pray. They, and they put, you see, they're all in there, and then they put the seed of faith inside there just by going off and praying after reading one scripture. Or coming to an altar from one service, and their spirit man never gave that seed a chance to grow because the spirit was contaminated. Preparation of the heart is to take out all, everything, every question that could come against your mind, every thought that could come against your thinking and your reasoning must be up, cleansed out of your spirit before you plant that seed into your heart. When they are all out and that spirit man is perfectly clean. I used to, you know, dig in a garden 
And after the winter time, I'd have to go out there in the spring and dig out all the weeds and, you know, get, every, get all the ground prepared. Would you just go out there and put your seeds inside all those weeds? Expect to have a good crop, a productive crop? No, you wouldn't do that. We got more sense in natural things than I think we do in spiritual things. You wouldn't do that. Now remember something. Jesus' body wasn't like our body in the sense that it was full of sin. And this not where man was programmed by sin and, was, and it, it has to be changed by the glory of God. And every time you need a prayer answer, you have got to stand fast in the Spirit. You have got to clean your spirit. You've got to get rid of every question. Get rid of all the garbage that's inside your spirit. And then put that seed in there. And then water it with the thanksgiving, which he goes on to say here. Let's, let's look at the next part of that. For, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer. Now, the prayer comes right now. The prayer comes right here. The prayer should never come until you have cleansed your spirit. And I won't get into this. It'll take me too long. By taking the Word of God and filling it with the Word of God in that area. It's a twofold effect. Filling it. Write this down. I've got to give it to you. Because we'll miss the important. Filling it and protecting it. Hold your place there. Let's let's you gotta see it. Proverbs four. There's a twofold effect to get your prayer answered. I mean before you pray, any prayer before you pray, you do this unless it's an emergency. It's a different story. In most cases we have time to prepare ourselves for prayer. Proverbs four. We'll get back to Philippians. Hold on there. Proverbs four. 20, my son, attend to my words, incline thine ear into my sayings, let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Okay. Filling your spirit. Keep those words in the midst of thine heart. Now listen. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the what? And with the increase of his lips shall he be what? Filled. So the spirit will be filled as we attend to the word. Incline our ear to his sayings. Let them not depart from our eyes. Keep them in the midst of our heart. The Word will fill up our spirit. When the Word fills up our spirit, it will get rid of all the uncleanness, all the filthiness. Now you are cleansed of the washing of water of the Word. It will cleanse ourselves of all that garbage that got inside there. Okay? During the course of your everyday life. All that contamination that's around us. Spiritual wickedness in high places. All those hosts of darkness around us are constantly at a warfare, bringing these things against our mind, right? Continuously. So you separate yourself. You start to prepare yourself. You go to the Word of God. You find every scripture that we just talked about here that, that gives you the answer to prayer. Every scripture Jesus talked about prayer there. Asking you shall receive. Seeking you shall find. And you fill up your spirit and continue to fill it up, fill it up, fill it up, fill it up. And just keep on going. Man shall eat. Not only by bread alone, but by every word, see? And you fill up your spirit, man, by the words of your mouth, as Proverbs said. And then these words become life to those that find them and help to all their flesh. But then there's the next step right there. Verse 23. Keep your heart. That word keep means protect. After you fill your heart and release your faith, you must protect your heart. Okay? With all diligence because out of it come the issues or the forces of life. And he told you how to do it in, in the next few verses. Put away from you a forward mouth for verse that put far from you. Now, let's say concerning the matter of your prayer. You have filled up your spirit with the word that promises you the answer. You've come to a place that the spirit of man is prepared. 
It's totally cleansed from all thoughts, all doubts, any... Listen to me. Any question. If you had to go ask somebody a question about your prayer, you are not in faith. Every question that would come against your mind should be answered before you pray. Then you're clean. You know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's yours. Now you release your faith. You release it. You pray. You've meditated the Word. you kept it in your mouth. You fill up your spirit man with the word. It's totally full with the word of God for the area that you need. Whether it's healing, it's healing scriptures, finances, financial scriptures, no matter what it is. You're totally full of it. It's overflowing. You'll know by the spirit of God when you're ready to release your faith. You'll know it. You'll just know it. Matter of fact, let's go one step further before you actually release your faith. You start to do this. Once you know that you're ready and you know that you're ready, then give yourself a date or a time or an hour. Give yourself a point of contact. Right at that point, right there. You know you, the Spirit of God is bearing witness with your spirit. You're ready to pray now. You're ready to release your prayer. You take a point of contact. This is the final capping on, on preparation of your spirit. You sit back and you start saying, Yes, on Friday at 1 o'clock, January or February, whatever, 1981, I will be set free. Or whatever your prayer is, whatever your desire is, on this day, such and such an hour, time and day, I will have my healing at this day, at this hour, at this time. I will be delivered. And you keep saying that for a day or two. I mean, you're now ready to pray. Your spirit man is ready. And now you're saying it, and you're saying it, and you're saying it. I will be healed. I will be healed. I will be healed. I will be healed at 1 o'clock. I will be healed at 1 o'clock. Or if it's your child, I will deliver that child over to your hands, Father God, at this hour at 1 o'clock on this day. No longer will I take the care of the concern of the worry. It's your child as far as I'm concerned. You make yourself so ready in the Spirit that when that day comes, you release all the faith that's inside your heart. You release it. Boom. And as soon as you release it, you know this. Now listen. It's time to protect your heart. Go back to Philippians. You know this. You must know this. You protect it. You filled it. Now you protect it. Your lips, your actions, your thoughts. Here's what he says to do. You pray the prayer of faith. Now you are careful for nothing. Verse 6. And everything by prayer and supplication. Now with thanksgiving you let your requests be made known unto God. Alright. That's how you've released your prayer. You've released that prayer of faith. This thanksgiving... With thanksgiving is your protection to your heart. Here's what you do. Father God, oh, you've already prayed the prayer of faith. That was Friday. Now it's Saturday. Father God, I thank you that at 1 o'clock, you may already have your healing by then or your deliverance by then. It doesn't matter. I say the more your heart's prepared, the quicker to come. I believe that firmly. The better your heart's prepared, I believe the quicker to come. I believe we'll start seeing more instantaneous miracles when hearts are prepared to receive when they come for prayer. All right? Now. There goes that. You've prayed. And let's say, as soon as you've prayed for, let's say the moment you prayed for, Hallelujah to Jesus. I thank you, dear Father God, that I can do whatever I couldn't do before if it's healing. I can walk if I couldn't walk before. I can see if I couldn't see before. Glory to God, I can't hear. Glory to God. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. I thank you, dear Father God. With thanksgiving. I thank you, dear Father God. I prayed and I, glory to God. I, I believe I received. I thank you, dear Father God, that I have. You're thanking Him. With thanksgiving, you're letting your request. Your request was healing. Your request was deliverance. With thanksgiving, you're letting him know. With thanksgiving, you're thanking him for it. Thank you, dear Father God. Thank you, dear Father God. Thank you, dear Father God. And you continue to say it. Continue to praise him. How often? All the time. You just continue to do it. Just continue to magnify him. Just continue to glorify him. Thank you, dear Father God, that I've received. And a thought might come your way, but you see, here's what's going to happen right here. Verse 7. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, 
shall, shall, shall protect your heart and mine. And the peace of God that passes all understanding, it shall keep, protect, or guard your... Listen to this. It shall set spies at the doorways of your heart. The doorways of the heart are the ears and the eyes. They lead to the heart. Don't you remember Jesus said, whatever goes into your mouth goes into your belly and not in the draft. But what goes into your eyes and ears goes into the heart. They defile the man. That's how you got that filthiness in your spirit in the first place. Got in your spirit. You heard it, you saw it. You know why that's TV and, and, and motion pictures, that, that's what, you know why those things are so terrible? When it's used wrong? Not only do you have the hearing, you have the sight, and you have the vision. In the spirit, you've got to do that on your own. You've got to visualize these things by the word. You just take a word and you produce a vision. You got the whole thing. The television is right there. Right there before. You got the vision. You got the sight of it. You got the hearing. You got the words. Your spirit is pumped. Whatever thing that's going in there negative towards the word of God. It becomes real to you. You walk off and you can actually see it in your mind. Your mind's eye a day later. You saw what they were doing on whatever, whatever the show was. Why? It's an image that was produced. Now you want to know why? It's harder for people, some people to get faith into them. They're so developed in other things that, that the Word doesn't have time to develop an image inside them. They didn't ever get their healing or the deliverance, whatever it is. Now, the peace of God then will mount guard, put guards or spies around your ears and around your eyes. It'll mount guard. It'll rule as, it'll act as an umpire in your heart to, to protect your heart and to protect your mind. And whenever something comes your way that is negative towards what you prayed in order to do, beep, beep. On the inside. I mean that. On the inside, you get to check. I never forget the time the devil told me that. I did, I, did you think that you was going to get that money? I never forget. Someone on the inside of me rose up and said, "No, I've already got it." I knew it. I, I, it was like something alerted me to it. It was one of those spies, alerted me to the fact that that was a, an attack on my mind to get me out of faith. And I recognized it right away and said, "No, nope, I don't think I'm going to get it. I know I have it already. I prayed already. It's done. I've got it." You see, and the prayer was answered. Okay, now look at here's, what, here's what's going to happen. Why, you say? Should we do this next step? The next step is very important. It's very vital. Verse 8. This is what's left to do. This is final. This is the final step. Finally, brethren. Here's what's left to do. Whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things are honest. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things have good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Why must you think on these things now, right now? Why must you? Thou will keep him in perfect what? Whose mind is stayed on who? What is the peace doing? What's the peace doing? Protecting your heart and protecting your mind. And when you think on these things... Then the peace of God that's ruling in your heart will protect your heart, will protect your mind. And the more you think on those things, the more protection and the stronger your protection. And you'll get to a place where you've got so much protection around your heart, around your mind, that Satan cannot come in with afflictions and trials and tribulations and steal that seed. And that seed will grow automatically. 
and the fruit, beloved, will be automatically brought forth. Brought forth automatically. I don't care what it is. Hear me. I don't care what it is. This is your way, individual faith, to get your healing, to get your deliverance, to get your salvation. Well, no, no matter what it is, everything, salvation works this way. Everything works this way. Salvation, you've got to stand like this. You thank God you're saved every day, don't you? I haven't stopped since I've been saved. Now, here's the key. Following these steps, taking these steps, acting upon these steps, letting the peace of God rule in your heart, letting it act as an umpire, letting it protect your heart and protect your mind when these things come, perfect peace, perfect peace. We'll be rest, you'll be resting in perfect peace. And that perfect peace will make sure that any enemy that comes your way in the spirit realm to destroy that seed will be brought to your attention so that you, through the word, could resist it. That's exactly what the peace of God does. You'll be so enveloped in the peace of God about your situation. Notice there's no worry where there's peace. I got perfect peace. What's the perfect peace? He heard me. I know I have. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I have it now. That's not foolishness or presumption. That's not passivity. People, they're passive. They're not in, in faith and they're not, you know, just negative towards faith. But they're passive. Whatever happens, happens. They're in the middle of it. Christians are not acting on their faith because they don't know these steps. So they're passive. They know healings for them, but they don't know how to give. They're passive. Their mind's passive. You act upon these steps. You do what he's saying to do here. You follow them. You prepare your heart. You prepare your heart the first step before you ever pray. And beloved, I guarantee you by God's word, you'll get your prayer answered. That seed will bear fruit. His word will not return void. It will accomplish what he pleases. It will prosper in a thing where to he sent it. And you will have that thing forthcoming in your life. It will work. It will work. If you follow those steps. If you act upon them. Let's all stand to our feet. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.